Well, 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 good evening, Rakes fans of the internet, and welcome back to another episode of your weekly racing podcast here. It's Talking Dirt, of course. I'm Ryan Williams, joining me once again for this episode will be none other than Big Papa himself, the voice of the common man's racer, Mr. Matt Pridgen. Matt, welcome back to the show once again. Kind of an, a, a dismal dismal week for racing, but hey, we got a show to put out here. How you doing this week, buddy? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? Well, I'm I'm good. Thank you for asking. I've been a already been a long week. It's just now uh, ending ending Wednesday. Already been a long week back to work uh, back to work this week. So uh, I hadn't my body's feeling it right now, man. Trying to get back in the swing of things, but uh, but we're we're making do. How are you doing this week, buddy? What you been up to? Um, not really much. I mean, we did our broadcast last night. That went pretty well, I think, other than you having your mic muted on the stream for <laughs> I did, man. half the heat races. Hey, it's it, it's all good. It worked out in the end. Yeah, my mic uh, accidentally hit my hotkey in, in that one. So if you were wondering, if you watched stream and you're wondering what happened, that's what happened. Had the mic muted for a little bit of it. Now, Matt and I have been kind of focused on other things besides racing over the uh, the past weekend and a half or so. As uh, you know, fantasy football season starting again. Football season kicked off in a big way. Uh, NFL season, at least. College football season uh, has been going on for, for a while now. Uh, a couple of weeks, what, three, four weeks at this point. You know, go Gamecocks. We, we, we're not that great this year, but, uh, I mean, we put up a fight against Arkansas, but it wasn't. Man, it, it, just, it just wasn't what I was hoping for, man. Uh, yeah. It just wasn't. You know, but here's, here's the thing. Everybody went into the weekend optimistic and i'm you got to look at it realistically man they're a nationally ranked team and dude the the average height of their offensive lineman was like six six right they 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 were gonna win that trench battle all day long so i was i was a little lower on the uh, totem pole than people other people were going into this past college football weekend and Matt, I guess you're you're a South Carolina fan too, but you also nah. you uh you, you say that you you more so root for uh coastal Carolina and you've been That's uh, my team. That's your okay, that's your team now that they're good. I get you. No, 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 no. No. <laughs> so all right, here's the deal. so when I was a young kid, there was a guy, one of my dad's friends' sons played tight end for Clemson. His name was Thomas Hunter. Right. And so, yeah, back then I was a big Clemson fan and I was up until the point, you know, the whole fear the thumb crap started going on and it it just started making me mad. Best five years of my life. That, that, uh, I can't, I was, I was getting mad that Clemson kept losing. So I decided to quit pulling for them. And even when they were in, you know, (laughs) national championship contention, I, I, all right, here, here's my thing. I'm not a Clemson fan, but I still like to see them do good. Right. I like to see Carolina do good. So I pull for Carolina and I pull for Clemson, but my team is Coastal. And you cannot convince me otherwise. I don't know about this year, but I you know, but last year I don't think Clemson or Carolina could have beat Coastal. What? That's just my opinion. That's just what? my opinion. Neither that one of them could beat Coastal. That is absolutely Coastal, ridiculous. Coastal is the best team in the state. No. No. Okay. 
Maybe like three years ago, South Carolina. Sure. No, dude. No. Last year, do you not remember how high ranked Coastal was last year? After playing zero FBA, zero Power Five schools, zero. Uh, they they beat who they needed to beat. I mean, yeah, people who are <laughs> at a lower tier in the Sun Belt or in the Southern Conference. They, no, dude, no. Yeah, 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 for sure. I I will happily sure. bet you whatever amount of money for sure. If if why they do you think, ever, why do you think Carolina hasn't paid for them as a confidence game? Because they they would do to them what that team did. I can't remember what two schools it was, but it happened over the weekend. A school paid yeah, another Texas, school Texas one point. Yep. Yeah, they paid the other school one point five million dollars, and they came over there and whooped them. Well, That's what Coastal six. would do if Carolina did that. Number six in the country, but you bring little old App State, which uh, a program that's beaten South Carolina, uh, beat Michigan. You back in what, what was that? All right, wait, 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 wait. You said App State. Yeah. South Carolina, was that last year? No, no, no. This was, gosh, this was the uh, the year that, uh, gosh, uh, I think it was the year that Steve Spurrier got fired. And uh, Sean, Elliott, Sean Elliott was the interim coach at the time. It was either that but, or the year, it was, it was one of the years the coach got fired. It was either that or the year that uh, Muschamp got fired. I know Coastal beat teams that beat Carolina last year. Who? I can't remember. I'd have to go back and look in the schedule. Sounds like I, never I was I was deep in it last year. Sounds like but, it never happened. So we're where you you were pulling nah. for Coastal to make that Final Four if they hadn't, you know, and then they go on and lose to Liberty, you know. Uh. I hate. Oh, uh, never mind. <laughs> you I'm a star. Strongly dislike Liberty. Strongly dislike Liberty. <laughs> and yeah. I here here's why. When I started becoming a Coastal fan. And uh, I was going back, I was going to their games back in like 2014, 2015. Right. You know, stuff like that. We went, I've I've been to, I went to the, uh, one, it was the Coastal versus Liberty. And it, it was at Coastal. And Coastal was still in, um, they, they were in, they, I mean, they were still Division One. They've always been Division One, pretty much, but uh, they were in a lower part of Division One. No, and, they they were no, they were Division Two school for a while. Oh, yeah, maybe at the beginning, but they they've been Division One for a long time. Well, they were they were an FCS school playing in the what was the 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 SoCon the Southern Conference. Yeah, and now I believe SoCon moved up to F FBS or whatever it's called now. No, so. they're they're Sun Belt. Oh, they're in the Sun Belt now. Yeah, they're in the oh, same they they're in the like same that. conference as Georgia Southern. Right, because they used to be in the in the conference yeah. with the Citadel and Furman and right, all, which is still those, Division like, One. Yeah, it's still Division One. It's it's like. Division one one a division well, was, one yeah, two way it's, it's, it's stuff one, like yeah right but um they um they were number one in the country right and they hadn't lost a game all year and then Liberty comes to town and we were down by one freaking point and our kicker missed it wow and then. Everybody off of Liberty's side of the field, all the players and coaches and staff, they came over to Coastal side 
started jumping around and laughing at and and man that's just that's that's not good sportsmanship the fans were horrible i you know it, I don't know. I didn't like it. That that mess had me mad. Hey man, I I don't blame you. I mean, I I was a um, growing up. I was always you know kind of back and forth. They had one parent was always a Columbus fan. One parent was a Carolina fan. Um, so I kind of flipped back and forth for a little while until I went to the the South Carolina Georgia game back in what was it two thousand seven two thousand eight. Oh um, man, bro. Let me tell you, this was Carolina lost fourteen to seven on like a late. Uh, it was a, a late game touchdown by Georgia, and when I tell you that, like that was really the moment that it sunk in for me that you know this was my team, and um, that I absolutely fell in love with Carolina football. Actually, dude, I went to a lot of. I was we spent way too much money on football games whenever I was a kid. I swear to you, man. It. We used to go um, back when Caroline was on that run. I actually went to uh, to one of the games up in, up in Death Valley, the Clemson Stadium. Um, I believe it was the fourth year when Dylan Thompson got the start. The night that um, who was it? DJ Swearinger had that huge hit on Andre Ellington, and you know, stood over and did mm-hmm. the pose and all. That's still famous. I was there for that. And dude, when I tell you that that stadium was absolutely dead silent, you could hear a freaking mouse. Pee on cotton. I swear to you, it, it, dude. I when I take this, you could you could hear a pin drop in the stadium, and the only noise was coming from the South Carolina fans the entire game. Absolutely, absolutely loved it. Still one of my favorite things going there and whip their tails. And I don't think it's going to happen this year, but soon we'll see if uh, um. But we'll see if they can do it again. Go, going back to the Sun Belt, though, you you see how strong they look in this year. I mean, so you, you want to say all these no-name teams? Kind of fluky, kind of fluky, a little fluky, because you had Georgia know, they... Southern. Georgia Southern beat Nebraska, which isn't that, which isn't like a, a a major major upset. It was it was an upset, but Nebraska hasn't been good for a while. Who else was it that you had App State get that win, and then who else was it? There was one and, more team and that won a don't, big don't forget. Oh, Marshall Coast, Coastal beat App State last year. Really. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, dude. I'm telling you, Coastal's good. You might not believe it, but I'm telling you, Coastal is good. Well, I mean, Coastal, they, they've been good for the past couple of years, and uh, we'll, we'll see. I remember they, their uh, baseball I'm telling you, they could beat both Clemson and Carolina. Uh, I'll take that bet any day of the week, baby. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the day. I don't, I don't think – it might not happen. It might not. But it, it'll be awesome if one day uh, – Coastal can finally pull it off in basketball too. Uh, pull off a national championship and football—that would be awesome. Coastal be the first team in the state to get, win uh, three separate national titles in different sports. Well, okay, as far as in, in the main sports, sports yeah. yeah, as far as basketball, baseball, football. Because Carolina's really good at the stuff that nobody cares about, which is crazy to me. Super good at the stuff. Equestrian. Yeah, they won a national soccer, tournament and lacrosse, fishing tournament one time. Freaking fishing. I mean, they're good at everything that nobody cares about. Women's best. Oh, no, 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 no. You're wrong. You're, uh, wait. <laughs> no, 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 no. Cut that out. Cut that out. No. You're not wrong. No. That. Because they won the, they, Carolina won the baseball national championships as well as the, the women's basketball titles. And really, the others, I guess, don't technically count. But, um, you know, Clemson's 
got a football natty, and that's about it. That that one year, we almost our state almost had all of college college sports in a chokehold. You're right. You're right. Because oh gosh, Coast won in was... baseball, Clemson won in football, and right Carolina almost won men's basketball. That was the next year. That was that was the next no, year. Cause, cause, no, because no, Coastal won in sixteen. Carolina didn't. Th- that was the next the next school year. Are that you was sure? t- yeah. That was twenty seventeen. Mm. I, I got all know. the t bro. I I t- got all the t shirts. I I literally watched every game <laughs> right in front of the right in front of the TV. I was watching those games. Okay, gotcha. Got <laughs> um, yeah, th- that was another great time of my life. I went to a bunch of basketball games that year too, and they made it all the way to the final four and kicked the bucket. Unfortunately, but hey, man, we also had you know we're playing a little fantasy football. Um. I don't even want to talk about it. Don't even want Matt took a big L. Of course, Matt's in one of our vampire leagues, which a vampire league means that uh, everybody everybody drafts a team except for one person. That one person that doesn't get to draft is the vampire. Now, they can add players throughout the season, but everybody else cannot. And unfortunately for Matt and I, w- neither of us are the vampire in the league. So we both drafted decent teams. Um, I'm kind of screwed. Matt's kind of screwed at running back. So... That one's eh. The, Everybody my other screwed league. that kicker and and defense. Except for, except for you. Yeah, I got two defenses. Only the only guy to remember though. to pick up two defenses. I swear to I swear. Then another league I'm in, uh, sit, sitting pretty good right now. I uh, got a pretty pretty stacked fantasy team. So, yeah, that's just. Well, you got a stacked fantasy in our league, too, because, I mean, you was the only one to score close to 200. Everybody else had like 100, you know, 120. And then here's Ryan with 173. It won't. It won't last. Big dog. I do this every single year, man. Every. Yeah, this is my. This is like my year. second time doing it, and the Wait. first time I did it, I'd I'd forgotten about it like two weeks in, and never changed my lineups. Dude, 20, 2016, uh, I, I started playing fantasy football in twenty fifteen. Uh, did a, a a big league with a couple of buddies of mine and some people I didn't even know at the time. Um. I finished, I think, like second in that league, and then jumped to a different one with uh, some more people that I actually do know. And you know, I every, it feels like every year, dude. I'm looking really good after the draft. Start out like two, three, four, and oh, and then that downhill slope just starts, and it does not stop, man. Six, six years in this one, this league, I have won it one time, right? Mm. I, I finished second. I finished second once. Finished third, like. Twice, and then the rest of them have been like seven and six seasons, seven and uh, seven and six, six and six and seven, that kind of season. They're not great, not great, right? Not great. This year, I'm confident, but I know that since I had such a good week one, uh, it's not going to last. Um, but yeah, if you guys out there play fantasy, um, big, big, big names to add this week. Well, They're and probably I f- still available in your in your league. Hold on, just one second, Matt. If if any of our listeners out there are playing fantasy and they haven't made their pickups for this week, Devin Duvernay. Okay, I'm just gonna tell you that name. Pick up Devin Duvernay for the Baltimore Ravens. He's a wide receiver. In my opinion, has potential to be that next like Tyreek Hill type player if Lamar can figure out how to how to throw the ball down the field. Uh, also, I'm I'm high on Drake London right now. Um, High on Antonio Gibson for the the Washington Commanders. High on Antonio Gibson. 
Um, and there's a lot of guys that I'm starting. I'm not going to go through my whole team here, but you know, Jalen Hurts could be the number one quarterback this year. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr., he's probably gone in your league, but Michael Pittman Jr. is definitely a stud for this season. And, yeah, fantasy, fantasy's all over the place right now as far as uh, football's concerned. Matt, what you got to add there? So, uh, I just want to say, I feel your pain if, if you do play fantasy and you chose um, Acres, the running back from uh, – And Acres. Yeah. And you had to had, know, man, Daryl Because he – Man, I I don't pay attention to NFL besides the Panthers. Right, and right. I, I'm not even going to get into that. But, uh, yeah, I don't pay attention. But anyways, so I didn't know. I, I honestly didn't. And, yeah, that cost me week one, unfortunately. Hey, and other guys that, uh, if you guys are listening, you need to add right now, Jeff Wilson Jr., if he's not taken in your league already, Pick him up. Elijah Mitchell just went down with a injury that's going to keep him out for like eight weeks. Uh, San Francisco 49ers running back Jeff Wilson. And that offense poised to to be pretty good uh, as far as, as fantasy goes. But, Matt, we're, we're here. This is a racing podcast. I know. Yeah, uh, one racing... more one more football topic. Because for some reason, I just went on ESPN and looked at a coastal schedule. You say right. they don't play teams. All right. I mean, so they obviously got... play teams, Matthew. <laughs> We got Georgia State coming up. Beat them. Who Carolina just recently played. Beat them. Um, Not pretty, but beat them. No, it wasn't pretty at all. It wasn't good, bro. That, but the, then, the offensive line was trash, bro. Then we got Georgia Southern on the schedule. Okay. Marshall okay. at State again. L. And, and, and here's a big one. Virginia. Big L. Ah, Virginia, they had a couple still, of years. Still, that's a that's a uh, what was it called? Big Five or whatever? Power Five, something something like that. Power Five, yeah. They are a Power Five school now. Their first couple of years under Bronco Mendenhall, they were they were progressing very well. But since then, uh, the past couple of years, since they beat Carolina in that bowl game, they've been kind of sloping back down a little bit. So I mean, so Virginia could be a win for Coastal. Dutton Clemson play them. Yeah, Virginia. Yeah. So then we can compare the scores and see how that goes. The see, scores right, what? Compare the score. They both play the same team. Oh, you're trying to say the score. Okay. Yeah. I see what you I see what you're saying, Matt. That's, but I mean like that's... like when we go to play Georgia State, we're gonna be able to compare scores with Carolina. Sure. Okay, whatever. Yeah. I mean but, I mean it really would all come down to a head to head matchup if it were to ever take place. Mm, um yeah. I'm sure it will though, because you know, Coastal's played Carolina before. They've obviously played Clemson before. Um, no, I'm not they sure haven't. What, yeah. They've they never played, played Clemson? Clemson. No. Really? Back back when we were in the uh, lower lower uh, conference, we were a confidence game for Carolina. But like I said, they don't want none now. They don't want none now, he says. Oh, my gosh. Come <laughs> on, man. Hey, I'm standing by my team. I'm standing by my team, though. Hey, uh, in preview for South Carolina this weekend, I am absolutely terrified of Georgia. Oh, God, um, that's going to be bad, dude. This is, this is not oh, going to be good, dude. God. I am absolutely terrified of what's about to happen to the South Carolina team. Confidence yeah. going into the season was decently high. Right now it's uh, going down, um, unfortunately. But, hey, man, we'll see. You never know. Four years hey, ago. Four I, years I've ago, a- dude. 
Yeah, I know, I know. And I, I was just about to say, Carolina's one of those teams that can come out on any given day and win. They're they're weirdly streaky. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, man, being a Carolina, it's the, it's the most heartbreaking thing, but, like, the most uplifting thing at the same time. Because just when you think things are going to the crapper, they do something amazing. Right. Every single like time. Like we saw last time they played Georgia. Well, well no, not the last time, but the last time they beat out. Georgia. Right. Because, again, Georgia was a yeah. high-ranked school and a scary team to play, and uh, Dude, Carolina if I, came out and whooped her butt. If I could just jump in a time machine and go back to 2010 again, dude, oh, my God, I'd be the happiest boy on the planet. <laughs> I could just relive those five, five, six good years over again. I would be ecstatic. Um, but, unfortunately, that is not going to happen anytime soon. Nope. But, racist. This is a racing podcast. Of course, dirt I guess we can, to be we can, specific. Yeah, dirt but well, we're going to talk a little little NASCAR yeah. here tonight. We're going to talk a little, a little NASCAR. Bit. Um, and in fact, we'll start the racing talk off with, with a little bit of NASCAR. Uh, big news coming out of uh, Richard Childress Racing, as well as KBM, uh, which is Kyle Busch Motorsports. Kyle Busch um, had an announcement to make, and he made the announcement yesterday. Uh, after this season, no longer will Kyle Busch... Um, be driving for uh, Joe Gibbs Racing. He will now go on and pilot the number eight car for Richard Childress. And that was kind of a bombshell, but Matt, you called it. I've been calling that for a long time now. You called it a couple of weeks ago, and I tended to agree with you. A lot of people, now weirdly enough, a lot of people were speculating he would drive the number three car. Speculated that he would take Austin Dillon's seat, but... But you got to factor in the mid-season, you know, surprise announcement that was made by Tyler Reddick, and really and truly, that, that was it. Ruffled, that that made it easy. That yeah, that made it easy. I don't, I don't like what he did. I again like the Chris Ferguson situation. I, I'm a Tyler Reddick fan. I like Tyler Reddick. I remember when he was racing World of Outlaws at age right. of 14. 14, baby, and he wins so, at 14. Right. So. Again, Tyler Reddick fan, but I don't like how he went about it. I don't think I don't know how contracts work. The timing was terrible. Yeah, I don't think you need to negotiate a new contract while you're still in one. No, I mean, okay, you can do that if you're in the final year of your deal. Yeah, he you wasn't in his able- final year, was he? No, he's not. That's right. that's the problem here. That's what I'm getting at. If if it was like Kyle Busch situation, Kyle's in his last year under contract to JGR, right? So he right. is open to negotiate with, with anybody. Reddick right. wasn't the case, but he's still negotiating, which is what I don't under I didn't understand then about the situation and I still don't understand it now is A, why are you negotiate well, not necessarily that why are you being public about your negotiations right. two years ahead of time. Now, if they would have kept it quiet behind closed doors, no biggie, nobody cares. Nobody knows, right? Right. But for them to then make it public and say that he was going to go drive for, uh, what was it? I think it was uh, Hamlin, Mike, Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin's team, I believe it is. 2311. Yeah, 2311, whatever that's called. Um, yeah, that that put the, the damper on that whole situation and now Tyler Reddick is going to be punished for what he did. Yep, he's going to have so, to sit out a year. And that that's the that's the funny thing about how this is going to work because he's still under contract for Richard Childress for RCR. 
unless right. RCR goes and gets another charter for another car, Tyler Reddick, as good as he may be, is going to be punished by sitting out an entire racing season. And I don't disagree with what they're doing. I honestly, I honestly don't either, man. I, I really don't. But and an, another thing that I'm seeing a lot of, uh, Richard Childress himself at a press conference recently said that Kyle Busch, uh, and I'm kind of, this is not an exact quote. This is more or less just the, the thesis of what he said, is that Kyle Busch is the modern day Dale Earnhardt Sr. That was met with a lot of backlash, mm. dude. I mean, a lot. What do you mean? Mm, I Honestly. Well, all right. In my opinion, yeah, 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 yeah. But he is not the. There's a couple of them out there like that, whether people like it or not. This is a, oh my God, this is a very unpopular uh, opinion. Go for it. Joey Logano is too. Oh, uh, no, he's not. He's not good enough. He's got the he's got the attitude I, that mocks you down. He doesn't quite have the same um the the same character, the same like out there in interviews, the the wording, the, no, no, it's, no, no, no. it's a little when, when I when I'm talking about the next the uh or the next Dale Earnhardt whatever, I'm not talking about interviews. I could give a crap about that. That's, that's a big reason that's a big part of Earnhardt, Earnhardt. That is a that is a How? big part of made, what made Dale Dale. Because you you think you can I can come up off the top of my head easily five interviews of Dale Earnhardt Sr. that live on in infamy forever and just one of them right. you know the, the but, interview after Terry Labonte at Bristol I mean his stuff at Daytona after after he won Talladega after the crash uh, you, there there's so many he had a few good ones at Darlington he's always had something to say stirred the pot. And Kyle Busch is a lot like that. I don't. I don't see it from Joey Logano. I really don't. Right, but here's the thing: he Kyle Busch's interviews is nothing like Dale Earnhardt Senior's either. Kyle Busch's interviews are more like Marshawn Lynch's interviews. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. You talking about? He I'm literally. Just here not only that, he just gives those short, quick answers, and he always sounds. Mad. <laughs> not always. So, not always. Not always. Las Vegas three years ago. What'd he say? Dude, I don't remember what Come he said on, two man. weeks ago. <laughs> oh, of course you don't. Okay, man. I'll, I'll speak on this subject then. As far as being an animated interview for NASCAR, Kyle Busch is, frankly, the best in in the game right now. Chase Elliott's decent. He's a little monotone. He's not like he's not very animated. But Kyle Busch, for the past you know fifteen years now. Has been the absolute best. You think back to that uh, the big controversy. He was saying, "Yeah, you don't remember that we got we got guys out here holding up lap traffic that have never won a, a late model race." And he was talking Ooh. specifically. Gosh, who was it? Oh gosh, was it Cole Custer or somebody like that that was in? The, Kyle was leading the race, and lap car wouldn't move out of his way. So then, Kyle, you know, he was talking trash after the race. That's, hey man, I didn't mean to rattle his cage. I, I was just trying to rattle his cage. It's it's the same gist. It really it is. It's the same gist. But besides all that, I'm talking about specifically driving style. Because I don't care about interviews. They're funny. They're that's that's entertainment. Right. Okay. But sure. what I'm concerned with when I watch a race is the actual racing. Right. And in my opinion, Joey Logano is also like that. Danny Hamlin can be like that. I mean Okay, the, yeah. I mean well, there, there's like there's a lot of people out there that are like that. 
Je- so, I mean, I mean Jeff, Gordon, Jeff Gordon was like that back in the day. I don't remember him taking somebody career. out to win, though. Clint Boyer? I don't know about to win. Yeah. But, man, if we want to talk about taking somebody out, Jeff Gordon, Clint Boyer, that rivalry was amazing. <laughs> Do you remember that? Back when yeah, um, I remember. Clint Boyer I was, was in, fan. I want to say he was in the 15 car. Yeah, um, it was like five or six races back to back. It was like back. Richmond or Martinsville or something like that. It was no, a short it was, track. Uh, it was Phoenix. Don't ask me how I, I remember this, but it was Phoenix. Do you, do you remember? Um, <laughs> remember Matt Kyle Busch and Dale Jr.? Oh, Matt, yeah, Matt Kenseth. Kenseth. Oh, my God. And Jeff Gordon? Yeah. Oh, man. That's when I was religiously watching NASCAR. Dude, oh, my gosh. And, um, uh, Brad yeah, Keselowski, but, uh, Carl Edwards. Brad Keselowski, Carl Edwards was a good one, yeah. Um, Kevin it, Harvick and Kyle Busch. You remember what I that started off of? Brad Keselowski and Carl Edwards. You remember what like started that, right? Not exactly. When, when Brad turned him at Talladega and Carl went up into yeah. the uh, went yeah, up into the grandstands that. and the car flew apart and like injured yeah, some people that. and stuff like that. That's when that started. I don't remember yeah. how it ended, but that's when that started. I do remember that. They were that was at what that was at Daytona, wasn't it? Because they went to the oh, other. Well, I'm pretty sure. All right. Well, then they went to Daytona, and uh, Carl Edwards did the same exact thing to Brad. Yeah, yeah. He returned the favor. Yeah. What? It was definitely a Talladega. He didn't, he didn't get up in defense, but he he got up in the air and he landed like dead center in the corner of the uh, wall in the track. Right. I remember his roof was folded in. Hmm. Yeah that that was a uh, that was that was an interesting time to be. A NASCAR fan. There was like a dead period there for NASCAR that I really didn't watch it. Like 2014. Probably the Car Tomorrow years. Yeah. They, well, no. I do. Hey, the the original Car Tomorrow, like 08. I was the all wing? in, bro. I was yeah, all I, in. I, that funky wing. I liked loved it. it. I liked it too until they got they got a uh, they spun around at the super speedways. Bro, they were <laughs> those cars were so funky. If you did, if you just randomly spun out there was like a 40 percent chance that car was going up and over every single time because the the wing was so funky so big it was a yeah it was big but there was airspace between the wing and the body right there was that there was that airspace and if you were to turn around and that wind catches it you're flipping there's no ifs ands or buts about it you're up and over big dog you're flipping um yeah. so that that's that's part of what made those cars uh, a hazard. Hey, but, but dude, they were they were fun to watch, but So which really, generation was your favorite? Which generation NASCAR. was my favorite? Yeah. Good question. Um I mean the obviously dude, the the golden years right before the real decline, you know, you had the death of Dale, then the decline started. But when I really started watching racing and loving it was oh three, oh four, oh five, oh six. That was yeah. that was the time that I really, really got into it. I could tell you every single driver in every single car. I could tell you who won this race, who won that race. Well, could, I could. I do meant it like car. Which which generation uh, NASCAR car was your favorite? To to watch in person now. Are, to watch. Oh, to watch best looking whatever, uh, I, I the f- best looking for me, oh gosh, best dude, best looking probably back when they had stock bodies in the the eighties. Best, I love I love stock body cars. I so love mine, them. mine would have to be it's it's a tie between the the last generation, not a not a tie, 
I did like the last generation. They they right. look good. They look, they look like real cars. I mean, well, they honestly did. But well, the, the ones that we have now look more like real cars than the previous gen. Well, here's the thing. Okay, so I, you know I got that diecast. I had to get one for the new generation. I right. think I have one diecast for at least like four or five generation NASCARs. Anyways, right. so I, I got an old, old one uh, from the last generation. It was when Clint Boyer was in the 14. And yep. they, the, like the shape of the nose on the Clint Boyer car just looks more like a real Mustang than the, you know, the okay. whatever it's called now. Yeah, you're right there. But the body, the body lines and all on this new gen car, um, obviously it's a, I know you read this back when it, it was a thing, but for those of you who don't know, it's a, it's a generic chassis. All the chassis are the same. But it was up to the the um, the manufacturers and the teams to put the bodies on, and yeah. NASCAR mandated that they look it more similar to the 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 real life counterpart. So you got the the Chevys, which are the Camaros, which I mean they're they're semi realistic. They're not the best things in the world. The front end makes sense. Um, you got Toyotas, which are what still Camrys, I think. Or did they switch to Supers yeah. finally? Nah, the Bush series is or Xfinity still uh Supers, but right. or they're Supers, but Cups still yeah. Uh, so Camrys. the Cups, Cups still the Camry, which those look pretty realistic right now. And then obviously your your Fords or Mustangs, dude. I'm still waiting on Dodge to get back in the game. I've heard they so were back. Back to what I was saying. My favorite looking and favorite to watch because this is like i said when i watched it religiously right was the um the ones where they were kind of like they look like asphalt late models kind of they weren't stock so, looking oh two or three up up to the to where dodge finally no because dodge left after car tomorrow it it was yeah. i think it was the generation before the you're car talking about up, up up until pontiac left no 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 Pontiac so, left in 05. Kurt Busch was in the two car. Because I remember it. Yeah. It, it was a Dodge Charger. I thought it looked great. So you're talking so back o- in that generation. You're talking. No, 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 no. O2 that's that's way, that's way later than 02. No, 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 no. It started the year after after Dale passed, which was 02, Didn't, and it lasted I, until 2008 see, when the car of tomorrow came around. I don't even. I don't remember the years though. So it's you're probably good. right. It's all know. good, man. I got trust me. NASCAR trivia yeah. got you covered. Go to the bar every Thursday. NASCAR trivia. I'm there, big dog. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I love those cars. Jeff Gordon's old Chevy Impalas were beautiful. Um, I miss Pontiac's being in the game or in the in the game in the um in the in the series. Excuse me. Uh, and dude, I just remember. Sitting down, you know, like every night playing NASCAR Thunder 2003 and just looking at those beautiful cars. New topic here, Matt. If you have to dig back in your memory banks, besides your favorite car, I know you are a you're a 21 fan through and through now. Yep. Now I know that. But if you have to think, is there one specific NASCAR paint scheme that sticks out out to you as your favorite of all time? Um... Come on, man. Give me something good. I, dude. Probably, um, and I actually have a die cast of this car, too. Jimmy Johnson's uh, Coca-Cola 600. I can't remember what year it was, but he uh, had an American flag. Mm, he had yeah, a, that thing was American hard. Flag. 
That th- dude, that thing that, was I mean, hard. I'm not gonna say that's my favorite, but that's that's the biggest one that sticks out. Dude, I can think of plenty here, man. Martin Truex Jr. had the Oreo number eight car in the Bush series. Ooh, that was that Air was a killer Force, car. The Air Force on the twenty one. The Air Force twenty one was, was cool. The Air Force forty threes were cool too. Um, yeah. Back when AJ Allmendinger was driving forty three car, whenever he first started, those were those were sick. Um, oh gosh, what are the other? Let me sick? ask you this: Do you What's remember up? the NASCAR game that had the UPS truck on it? That was Thunder two thousand three. I don't remember what year it was, but I just wanted to see if you remembered it because I Cody it was, was talking. Cody uh, McAllister was talking about NASCAR games the other night. Yeah, it was one of the Thunder games, and he didn't remember it. Because <laughs> uh, I don't remember what we were talking about, but I told him he didn't. He didn't know what I was talking about, but I was like, "Yeah, dude, I I was driving a UPS truck all the time on that game." Dude, one of my one of my favorite uh, favorite cars from back in the day. You remember when uh when there was the the twenty two car? It was Warburton. It was a Pontiac car, um, and he had it was Caterpillar. It was the Caterpillar car from back in the day. You remember yeah. that? Yeah. I just picked up one of the 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 white variant. Uh, the the white paint scheme he ran in two thousand. I just picked one of those diecasts up. I got I got one of the old um Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett was one dude. Jeff Jarrett was one of my favorite. No, Dale Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett's a wrestler. What the hell am I talking about? Dale Jarrett, <laughs> one of my absolute favorites. Uh back when I was little. Remember he he ran that um the red, white, and blue, the uh was it Carolina Credit Union car for a while? That that car was beautiful. I kinda want one of those. Um so, I love his UPS car. I got I got one of the UPS flame cars that he had, and it is sick. But best paint scheme of all time, Matt. You can't go wrong. Rusty Wallace. I like I like which one the Mil- the Miller Genuine Draft car, the Genuine Draft I, car. Before I remember that blue, paint scheme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember before, that before before he switched to Bush Light and went to the blue car. Or no, it's still Miller Light. Um, before yeah. he switched to the blue Miller Light car. That's a beautiful car too. But I have a diecast of that car, but it says Pontiac on the sides. I don't know what it said. I can't see the hood right now. But yeah, I have it's a one of the, oh my god, bro, that was crazy back in the day when I was a kid, and like Walmart would sell the the one sixty fourths and all. And yeah. no, freaking, this one's a big one. Oh, so it must have been the same thing. If you're like selling them towards children, <coughs> if you're like gearing them towards children, they can't have like the the beer sponsors yeah. and all. So you have. Dale Jr. cars that just said Dale or like D E I. You'd have yeah. Clint Boyer, Clint Boyer 07 cars, which I need to get my hands on one. Those are those were sick cars too. I love that paint scheme. The uh the Jack Daniels, Clint Boyer 07 cars. Yeah. Those you would get them, they'd just say like Clint or or um oh gosh, who was he racing for? That was it was it um was it RCR? I think it was. And they would just say like RCR or something on it. The Miller, the Rusty Wallace Miller Lite cars would just say Rusty Wallace all over the car. Cause and I, dude, I've got so many of those, and I always hated them because they weren't legit. And I was so pissed that I had these freaking awesome cars, but they had the sponsors wrong. And so right. I would take a sharpie and write Budweiser <laughs> on the Dale Junior cars. Oh wow. Mm. So someone, to... all right. So one of the coolest diecasts I have, in my opinion, Mark Martin Viagra. No, it's a, <laughs> it's, it's not a big one. It's the, I think it's the sixty fourth. Oh, I just see two more. I got a Jeff Gordon and Matt Kenseth Prelude uh, diecast. Oh, that's models. dope, dude. Yeah, you got, you got the Matt Kenseth one. Yeah, I got, I got the Matt Kenseth. I'll tell you right now, dog. 
I got the Matt Kenseth and Jeff Gordon. I I think Love the uh, Jeff Gordon one's EA Sports sponsor. But anyways, speaking of Jeff Gordon, the coolest diecast I have is 64 scale. It's the very first NASCAR car he drove. Can you get your Jeff Gordon the number fan, one right? baby Ruth car? No, no. no what did no. you have before that? The '67 Outback Ford. I don't remember this one. I might have to look that up on yeah, eBay. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, look it up. I didn't even. I didn't even know about that one. Yeah, I have. That also, diecast. one of my favorites my favorite was one. um, one of my favorites was Sterling Marlin. The the oh yeah, the, the like silver that, bullet baby. The that, silver that bullet was, was the, beautiful. Yeah, that was a good paint. Um, Casey Kane and Jeremy Mayfield's not their not oh, the yeah. Dodge cars, but the the Mountain Dew sponsored cars. Um, oh yeah, they they were they were uh, black and and green. They were Mountain Dew colors. Um, they drove them at Darlington and a couple other places. I mean, obviously you see you got Bill Elliott's original Coors car, the nine, the red car, the the million dollar car from uh, the Winston like, Million. I like the uh, the the skins Dale Junior had when he first went to Hendrick with the amp and the um. National Guard paint schemes. Those were, they yeah, were simple, but have, they were super nice, in my opinion. I have one of the original uh, original diecast releases for the. Actually, I had both of them somehow or in some way or another. Um, they were action diecast, which the the front and the back comes up. You know, like the the yeah. hood and the the rear, they pop up, and you can see inside them whatever. But somehow the National Guard one got broken, and I don't remember how this happened. It was a while ago. But I still got the original, the amp release when he first went to Hendrick. I thought that was, it's pretty cool. It's probably worth some money now, and I have no idea. Another one we are completely forgetting, Matt, uh, possibly best NASCAR scheme of all time, Harry Gantz Skull Bandit. I mean, it it doesn't get any more If you're going that old school, there's there's so many iconic ones from back then. It doesn't get any more classic than the Skull Bandit, baby. I don't know. The Wrangler number two was pretty nice. Wrangler number three was even nicer. That and that that Goodrich number three was even nicer. Richard, I mean Richard Petty's got an iconic paint scheme. Although people don't really put it in that conversation. Hey man, if if y'all are listening listening to this, tag us on Facebook at Talking Dirt. Let us know what your favorite NASCAR schemes are of all time. And uh, I mean, hey, we'll happily happily bring it up on next week's episode because still not a lot of racing going on this weekend. I believe. Uh, Big show at Carolina Speedway. They've got uh, 5,000 to win street stocks. I might be there for that one. Um, a couple of the races, Lakeview back in action this week, Matt, I believe. They yep. got, uh, what, Friday and Saturday night, Open Wheel Madness Yep. Uh, over at Lakeview. So there, there's another track in South Carolina that is racing. Uh, a couple weeks, Mike Duval Memorial is on the 30th of this month. That'll be on a Friday up at Cherokee. Um, let's see who else. There's another big one, Livonia Speedway, with the Ultimate Street Stocks. Uh, that's ten thousand to win for Street Stocks on the uh, the 29th and or actually the 30th and the first of of this month, a Friday and Saturday show at Livonia. Might might try and go to that one, but I'm not sure. That's right after uh right after the Talking Dirt Studio moves. So we'll see if I'm able to get into that one. Uh, Matt, a little bit of racing going on right now before we do a big review on Eldora. Some racing going on right now up at the Volunteer Speedway in Bulls Gap, Tennessee, one of our favorite uh, tracks to talk about. I believe X, I, be, I want to say it's the XR Super Series, right? Yep, it is. So it's, it's the XR Super Series, and they are, um, I guess, co-headlining with the uh, 
the Ironman Southeastern Series. I, I think 15000 to win at Bulls Gap. Um, let's see here. Already ran all of their heats. Let's see. I, I know Scott Bloomquist was the fastest car in qualifying. Heat 1 went to Corey Hedgecock, Chase King second. Uh, John Llewellyn and Heath Hindman went to the feature out of that one. Uh, heat number two, Dale McDowell over Ross Bales, Dylan Tidmore, and Chase Oliver. Heat three was uh, Scott. Yeah, Scott Bloomquist won his heat race. So Scott Bloomquist wins heat number three over Cameron Marler, uh, Jason Welshin, and Clay Knight. And then heat race number four was Jensen Ford over Sam Seawright, Michael Chilton, and Austin Neely. So, hey, man, good looking field of cars there um, at Volunteer for tonight's XR Super Series race. I think the, the B feature, first B feature just finished. Will Roland won that one, so he'll go through the feature as well, but we'll have a uh, better review of that race on next weekend's episode. Matt, how do you feel about Black Sunshine being back? Well, it's like you said before we started recording that um, it was a track he's really familiar with, but at the same time, He's raced a handful of times this year, and, and you know, if you're not racing, you're falling behind. At right, that's just plain fact. But you know, it, it's awesome to see him on top right now, though. I'm I'm hoping to hoping to see him in a uh, victory lane tonight. That'd be yeah, man. It uh great. It sucked on uh what was it Wednesday night of last week when he pulled up to try and yeah join in on the dream and. He got denied because he was a little bit late. The only guy that was parked in the outfield pits, and they they denied him. So, hey, it is what it is. You got to be on time for that. But uh, a couple of pieces of dirt racing news, Matt. Um, there was there was a post on Facebook, right, that went semi-viral in the the racing community. I'm mm -hmm. not sure exactly who posted this. I want to say it was one of the it was one of the racetrack Facebook pages. The thesis of it is that live streaming, whether oh, it be yeah. Facebook Live, whether it be, you know, your big streaming platforms, is detrimental to the smaller racetracks. Do you have an opinion on this? Because, I mean, I do, and I'm going to share it here in a minute, but do you have an opinion yeah, on this, Matt? I understand the track side, because, I mean, I, I don't know how, it, how the deals and contracts and all work, but I don't... I mean, I don't, so I don't know if the tracks get paid by the streaming services. If they yeah. don't, they definitely should. Here, let me clear this up. Yes, yes, they do, but it's nowhere near what you think it might be. It's it's nowhere near because uh, I've yeah. I've gone through negotiations with a couple of a couple of um of streaming services, and in some cases they offer you no money, in other cases they don't offer you enough, which is uh, why. I am right now a proponent of these tracks and whatnot going into business for themselves. Um, I think it would be a great idea for a local track to uh, start their own streaming platform pretty much through a paywall on their website or something with, you know, an embedded player. You pay, you know, cost of general admission to watch to watch from your house. And, and it's Some another thing. Some tracks do that. Some tracks do. Talladega Short Track does it. Um, Gosh, there's a couple other ones uh, that I can't think of right now, but yeah. I'll... But then the downside of that is going to be once track starts live streaming themselves, then apparently Fable does it too. Do they? 
I don't know if they do it every week. I, you know, I don't know. And then they, you can also set up. Even I know they had Facebook. speed weeks last year, uh, or was it 2020? It might've been, I can't remember a couple, a year or two ago, they had their speed weeks on Lucas Oil. Well, then uh, you've also seen TV. whenever, um, hunt the front was partnering with Southern raceway. They yeah. were doing the, the pay-per-views on Facebook live. Yeah, which, I, I mean, you that. can, you can, you can do that too. Um, yeah. but it, it'd be, in my opinion, the better route would be to set up a, your own website through a paywall. You know, if you, if you charge $15 to sit in the grandstands, pay-per-view $15 to, to watch the race sitting on your couch. And that's another thing like Facebook live is affecting it too, man. Cause I know just, just here, yeah. um, just here we have, there's probably, you know, at least 50 to a hundred people that are going to stay home just because they know somebody's going to stream it on Facebook and they can watch it there. Um, even yeah. though, I mean, your quality's lower and all, but still, it's it's the, it's the, the premise of the matter. And once, you know, when when Facebook Live started becoming the thing, I'm not going to lie, I used to go live, but then I heard Lakeview, they were talking about how, you know, it hurts. So I, I, I've, I, I quit doing that a long time ago. If I do go live um, at a racetrack, it's... The, I'm having someone else run the camera and they are focusing it solely on me because I remember right. I, they were talking about how you, you know, you're, they're going to be prevented from going Facebook live unless right. they are focusing on the one driver because maybe they got a family member that lives way out the way and can't make it out. Right. And I mean, heck, Lakeview is hard to record from. In general, they the, the 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 cell phone service there is absolutely terrible. So, yeah. if you find a live stream from Facebook, it's usually the official one. But I mean, like what I do, I don't. I mean, I, I don't live stream stuff. But if I'm going somewhere with David and I'm filming a YouTube video, well, that's different. I'm, I'm just filming David. You oh, know, it, I just remembered. You remember when you um you came to Lakeview for the Dryden race and uh, or was it the modified? I can't remember which one it was. I was there for both of them. The, you came there and you was you were uh, recording somebody and one of the guys from uh, Dirt Vision came up and <laughs> was no, telling I wasn't me, even just recording somebody. I was just I was just recording the. Yeah, I was making a vlog. He thought and, you were. Yeah, he thought you were. He thought you were live or something. And you were like, no, 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 no. It's just for a vlog. It's for a vlog. Tell this guy. Like, I said, okay, dude. Okay. I, I looked at him. I said, hey, I'm I'm kind of you know working for the racetrack here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I was doing social media. But... No, I wasn't that <laughs> night. I did the yeah. let's see. No, I did the week after because that was whenever they had that uh, that driving race, and I was mm-hmm. I was helping Alan out. I, I didn't work. I didn't work that. Uh, that. Oh yeah, race. yeah, you're yeah. Right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I, I didn't work that race. Um, so it might have been that one. So then I don't know what. Yeah, what, it was. Uh, it was stream. the. It was the small ball. It was the the sportsman modified race because I was there. Yeah. Remember, I Ooh. had cameras on on Tim Clements's car, and right. I was filming him. Big and that's when all that happened. That, though. What's that? Oh yeah, I need you to cover you that sure? one real quick. They um, they acquired big block modifieds for uh next year uh coming up in February. Now, I, I'm, I'm excited say, for that. I'm not gonna say that I knew this was happening, but I knew this was happening. Um, they. Well, had, I mean, yeah, you had to they, ha- figure it out because I mean they came down and practiced what two years in a row, like right. after after the. 602s were here. Okay, so, so I mean, you you know you know that you saw that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so I got an advanced copy of their schedule a couple uh, a year ago now and it had, you know, they were doing big block testing and whatnot and I talked to you know Tim Timmy and Scott about it 
way back when, and they were saying, yeah, we're, we're trying to bring big blocks. Well, so I'm, I'm really excited for that show, man. I talked to Tim um, the first year to 602s. I, I went there. It was uh, They were practicing. I wasn't there for the race, but they were practicing that night, and we were talking to him, and he, um, he told us that they were trying to get, you know, the big blocks, but I'm I'm glad they finally got it. I'm ready to see what the, those cars can do. Yeah, dude, me too. So February, uh, mark your calendars, big block modifiers at Lakeview. Some other big news. Uh, don't know if we covered it. I believe we did, but last week, North Wilkesboro Dirt event was canceled. So a now, lot of upset people about that too, man. That's a lot a of big upset people. But dude, I could have told you with the success. With the success of their asphalt event earlier this week or earlier this month, it wasn't going to happen, dude. That track was so racy, they they just they could not tear it down. And you've seen what repaving does to a lot of asphalt tracks. It makes the racing a lot worse. So um, I think they're going to keep what they've got. And then another big player know, there, but... NASCAR. Now, uh, the, the big player, the reason, 100% the reason why this is happening NASCAR came in and put a bid to have their all-star race next season at North Wilkesboro. Oh, wow. And that, that's, it's confirmed now that it's going to happen. So I'm telling you that's the reason that they canceled this dirt event and they did not rip the asphalt off. And, of course, it, it would be a heck of a time to try and prepare fully a dirt track in less than a month. We saw the abysmal track that Bristol had a year ago now. Not, not this past season, but... But uh, over a year ago, almost two now, the abysmal track that uh, Bristol had the first time they did the Bristol Dart Nationals. And it would have been the same situation. Plus, North Wilkesboro, for a dirt track, would be absolutely gigantic. It would. It would. But still, I don't know. That's that's probably something they should have thought out, thought about you know, previously. Because you got big teams out here going out, buying brand new motors, brand new cars, and stuff. Right. For, for for specifically this race, and now, you know they're screwed out of all of that money. Well, they and the, like the thing I, was I, I saw a post Billy Hicks made. Now he he was claiming that they um they used dirt for the hype. I'm not gonna say all of oh, that. So I think it had, I think it had enough hype just for the asphalt. Right. But the dirt piqued everybody's interest. But it did. And then they just drop them like a hot potato. Yeah, 100%. Just drop, dropped it like it was hot. But now, I mean, I, I, just luck to them, I guess. I don't know. But I I hate it. I hate it for the people who had, you know, right at what, probably six figures invested into this race. And now right. they just, they, they don't Scrap have it. it. Scrap it. And what does that do for your, your, like, Blue Ridge? They weren't finishing their season there, of course, but. You know, uh, Steel Black Bandits. Now they got to find a new uh, season finale destination. They got to figure out where right. they're going to race their Cast Money 100. Uh, you'd, and right now, what's up in the air? My my guess is uh, they finish it off. Oh gosh, they they might go back to Cherokee Lakeview. Yeah. Lakeview could definitely be a possibility for the Cast Money 100 this year. I could I could have sworn I seen something about it the other day. I don't know. I'm looking it up. Yeah, look it up real quick. I mean, you could also hedge your bets that it could be Fayetteville. Uh, that'd be a nice spot for for that race. Um, hey, I I would love to have it in Sumter. I would absolutely love to have it in Sumter, but I don't I don't know if that one's in the cards. I know we'll probably bring it back for a race next season, but I don't know if them finishing their season this year would would be in the cards. County Line would be a, a good destination. 
uh, hell, even even Bulls Gap, even Volunteer would be a, a good destination for them to uh, to end their season in that one. Did you find anything, Matt? What'd you find? Um, still looking. Oh yeah, I'm still looking. I don't see nothing. I could have sworn I saw something though. Well, they did a live about it last week, and um, they didn't they didn't announce like if they had found anywhere or anything, but they did say, you know, they were bummed out that North Wilkesboro had canceled. They were looking for a new destination. So it's still one of the series that I'm high on. Uh, they got a really good points battle right now with just a couple of races left in the season. I believe they go to With Raceway up in uh, up in Virginia uh, not too long from now. So that that's going to be a pretty good show whenever it happens. But, Matt, before we close out the show here tonight, let's – uh. Do a little bit of a, of a review, Eldora Speedway from Friday and Saturday night, and I believe you told me you didn't watch a single second of the action. No, sir, I didn't. Why not, man? Well, I first off, I don't have flow still. <laughs> Second, I was I was watching the UFC fights, which they were pretty good. Well, man, yeah, yeah, those were pretty good. Remember. Uh, what was it Friday? Dana White had to cancel the press conference because people were fighting backstage. That was well, nuts, man. That and what's that dude's name? I always say his name wrong. The Ukrainian guy. Yeah, I always yeah, say he, his name. He missed wrong. weight, so he had they had to change. Yeah, he fight. missed weight. I mean, he won, and then who won? Nate Diaz? Did he beat Tony Ferguson? Yeah, yeah. He did. That's a, Tony Ferguson used to be a monster. I wonder what Comzat. That's his name. Comzat. Yeah, Comzat. Uh, miss weight. Uh, Tony Ferguson put up a fight against Nate Diaz, taking it on uh, spur of the moment. But yeah, Nate got that win in the UFC. But let's uh, let's review here Friday. Remember, we already uh, we already talked about Wednesday, so let's talk about Thursday first. Uh, two very good features: Jonathan Davenport won feature number one over Jimmy Owens and Brandon Overton. Uh, B feature: Hudson O'Neill uh, won that one over Shane Clanton, Chris Ferguson. Finished in the third spot. Felt really bad for Ferguson on Saturday, too. Had a decent run going and uh, met some bad luck. Friday night, a feature. Number one, Ricky Weiss on the track took victory. On the track, mind that, Matt. On the track took victory. Did Ricky Weiss over Bobby Pierce, Kyle Bronson, Mason Ziegler, your top four. And then the old Droop Roll, man. The Oh, man. This this new universal droop rule is kicking people's tails, and it kicked Ricky Weiss's on Friday night from feature number one, disqualified from his win. It then went to Bobby Pierce, driver of the number 32. So congrats to Bobby Pierce, sickest race car at Eldora, hands down. Besides the, the 81, Jason Riggs had a really nice, really nice number 81 car, if you guys saw that. Um... So yeah, Bobby Pierce awarded the the first feature on Friday. Then uh, the Mac Daddy Dale McDowell won the second feature event over Josh Rice and Chris Madden, the top three. That was interesting. Josh Rice led most of that race uh, and came up just short. So the 52nd annual World 100. Interestingly enough, Ricky Weiss, after Friday night, decided to pack up and head on back to Canada. Um after being disqualified over a quarter of an inch. Um, like I said, quarter of an inch, like, a lot of places there's some give and take. At Eldora, with that much money on the line, 
there's no give and take. A quarter of an inch yeah. is a quarter of an inch. He got thrown out. And I'm not sure if they were, you know, highly upset about it. That's why they left or what the deal was. But Ricky Weiss packed up and left Eldora. And um Yeah, unfortunate situation and it's 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 a easy thing to 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 let happen and actually Super but easy to screw just up. Got to stay on top of it. Hundred percent, man. One hundred percent. You are absolutely right. So then we jump straight to the fifty-second annual World One Hundred, and wouldn't you guess who won the pony, Matt Bridgen? Wouldn't you guess it? Uh, let's see. Jonathan Davenport. You are absolutely correct. The man, him, him, and Brandon Overton. In the past, what three years has the, the has Eldora in a chokehold? You are absolutely right, man. Jonathan Davenport, he's won what is that's his fifth World One Hundred. Overton's won three dreams in a row, and I believe also won the world last year. One of the one of the worlds last year. Yeah. Um, and then Jonathan Davenport won the other one. That's right. And now Davenport wins another one. Overton finished second. Chris Madden was third. Uh, T-Mac was fourth. Ricky Thornton Jr. was fifth. We did a bit of a race pool. I, I'm not going to lie to you, Matt. Absolutely sloshed for this race, okay? Couldn't see straight. I'm glad I'm looking at it on a race monitor because I do not remember, uh, being honest with you. I was toasty. I was pretty toasty, okay? Um, but I do remember there being a really good race between Davenport and Overton. Uh, throughout this entire event, Chris Madden was absolutely on a charge. Uh, but came up just short. Um, yeah, really, a lot of really bad luck for him this year. Chris Madden? Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Lap traffic, late cautions. Started out wires. great. Yeah, the spark plug wire, that was what? Um, that was in the dream, right? Wednesday night, yeah. Yeah, that was in the dream. Chris Madden has run into a lot of bad luck. Not just driver. that, but the caution, too, because that, if, if that race would have went green, he would have won that race. Oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. And... He goes back to the, the seven spark plug wires and didn't have the jump that he needed. Um, another guy that's, been getting, that's getting absolutely bitten by the bad luck bug still is Chris Ferguson, man. I He's he's so good. Chris is so good, and then something terrible happens. Every single time it feels like, but he's got a, a big chance to redeem himself in a couple of weeks when the uh, World of Outlaws come to Cherokee. Speedway. So that was your your rundown for the 52nd annual World 100. Matt, one more one more topic I want to cover here before we close out the show. Now we got the breaking news last week on on the podcast that Brandon Shepard, after this season, would be returning to his family racing team and driving the B5 car that he drove forever and ever and ever before he joined the Rocket One team. Now we have. We have our first test driver of the Rocket One car since Overton or since Shepard's announcement, excuse me. And it's not who you think it would be. It's not even a late model driver. It's a sprint car guy, Matt. Yeah, I mean, I think they were just letting him use the car to see how he likes a late model. I don't think that he's going to be joining that team. I don't either, because the reports all say that Hudson O'Neill. We'll be yeah, driving that, that Rocket One car, but that, and I don't think that Mister uh, Richards would allow somebody with no experience in a late model drive his car. Well, I, I mean, he did. 
I'm talking about race his car. Oh, race his car. Well, hold on, hold on. You got it. You got to calm down there. Buddy. His driver. Logan C- it, it, we're talking about Logan CV. If you haven't caught on yet, Logan CV, right. a driver from I believe he's out of California. A lot of USAC wins, a few sprint car wins, a, a lot of you know outlaw cart wins, and all to his credit. So no surprise that he is uh, attempting or thinking about jumping into a dirt late model. Um, and a really good driver I'm in his own right. Trying to say he's not a good driver. I'm just saying he doesn't have any, you know, real experience in a late model. So I don't sure. think he would put him in the car as his well, hey, driver. Hey man, we'll see. He'll probably pick up a ride somewhere if he if he really. Oh yeah. Uh, if he really thinks about getting into it, I mean, you see a lot of crossover guys right now. I know uh, Tyler Courtney, I believe, was driving a late model for a while. Hey, but I, I want to say that uh, Carson Hosevar, a NASCAR truck series competitor was driving at Eldora about Tyler Carpenter at Eldora. I don't know if you saw this, Matt yeah. carp in a new car, uh, for a new car owner, number 42. And he was absolutely cooking to try and get into the show. Now, let's see. Did he make the show? I want to say he did, huh? Nope. Tyler Carpenter did not make the show. He was one spot out in a B main, but yeah, Tyler Carpenter, uh, look out for him wherever he decides to go. But yeah, I just thought that was interesting. That rocket one also... had a, USAC driver in it. Yeah, but you also, I mean, Haley Deegan, she test drove a, it, I swear it looked like friendship. Mm-hmm. Probably was. So, I mean, I don't know. Well, friendship, uh, friendship's right there close to a lot of your, your race teams. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's no surprise that that's, a lot of them would go um, there and test. Where where did Kyle Larson test at? I think it was either friendship or it was uh either there or Cherokee when he was uh, thinking about getting into a late model. He's tested at both of them. He was at, I know he was at Cherokee a yeah. few times. He's done it at Carolina. Um, now the next gen car when they were testing it for dirt was tested at uh, at Lancaster, Lancaster, which was pretty uh, cool. Stuart Friesen. Yeah, that that was Stuart Friesen. They were at uh at Lancaster, but uh, and those cars still they look pretty good on dirt. We'll see how they. Dude, next year, they just got to take the freaking windshields off when they go race dirt with them cars. I swear to you, bro. Dude. It drives me crazy. Yeah. They need to take the windshields off of those cars. But, yeah, man, I think we're uh, we're approaching our, our mark here to end off the program. Have you got anything you want to add before I close it out? No, it was a little bit about dirt and a lot about a bunch of other crap, but. Hey. Well, hey, that bunch of what other crap we have to talk about. <laughs> I was about to say there was literally no other racing, so that bunch of other crap uh, got us through this episode of the Talking Dirt podcast. Of course, uh, I have been Ryan Williams, and for my co-host, Mister Matt Pridgen, I guess so long. Good night. Go catch some dirt racing wherever you're at in the country this weekend, and we'll be back with you next Thursday for another episode of your weekly racing podcast, Talking Dirt. Later.